0: Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie.
1: And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey guys, uh, we have an interesting episode for you today. Sinister or safe? Mmm. We're going to talk about electric and self-driving cars. Recently, I had to do a little research myself for a new car, so some interesting (laughs) stuff came up. Anyway, It's, what it's are always we, fun
0: when you have to do your own research. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. And, like, it's not just like, oh, you know, let's just talk about um, SUV versus uh, sedan these days. It's mm-hmm. like... There's so there's many so other layers. To to consider. It's ridiculous. So, um, anyway,
0: we Nothing's are drinking... Easy. What are we drinking, Jamie? <gasps> We're drinking the 2019 Sinister Hand from Columbia Valley. Owen Rowe is the wine producer. And... Okay, this has wax on the top. I think you're just supposed to put the cork through the wax, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I don't I know, have too many bottles like this.
1: I know um, Adam sometimes cuts the wax around. Oh, look, it's pi- it's prying right yeah. up, so it's okay. totally fine.
0: It was just on the top of the cork. This is a red blend, and it's an interesting red blend. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Hang on.
1: Isn't it primarily Syrah?
0: Yeah, it's primarily Syrah, which is the grape we're going to talk about today. But it is also our regular GSM blend, right? So Grenache is next, Mouvedre. But here's where it gets weird to me. It's 5% white rhone. But what the hell is that? Yeah. White rhone could be... There's a lot of grapes. There's a lot of... (laughs) Hi, Winston. There are a lot of white roan grapes, and so I, it doesn't make sense to me to list white roan, so um, Owen Rowe, I think that you should change that. Um, but at any rate, this is, oh, it looks pretty nice. Oh. Uh, the last grape is Cinso. Okay. So this is, it's only 50, 57% Syrah, but you know Syrah's a pretty, it's a pretty heavy line.
1: It is. So I this don't think very that very dark and purpley, which is typical of Syrah. But also, I think that since so probably adds to that depth of color here. Okay. I just need to make sure this doesn't spill everywhere.
0: Um, Oh, man. We forgot to take a picture, Sarah. We'll take one when we're done. We'll take one when we're done. Yeah. We've we've done that before. All right. It'll just be empty, hopefully.
1: Um, Um, Well, we must cheers. Yeah. Cheers, friend. Cheers. It's... (laughs) I was gonna say it smells cold <laughs> I mean, it's just because we had that temperature drop I
0: I know you but guys I it went it, from but- 70 to
1: 35 degrees in less than 24 hours I'm sure yeah. many of you that live here in the Midwest know what we're talking about but yeah I don't think I that was just drastic oh no it totally was I mean I
0: whipped out my parka <laughs> so stupid. Um anyway, so I'm I'm picking up a lot of blackberry. I'm picking up a lot of herb.
1: What is this aged in? Because I am It's feeling... gotta be
0: oak. I don't think they they noted really? what they're doing.
1: Because I think I have a I'm getting a lot of um like metal. Like a metal? metallic not in a bad way. It's almost like a clean smell. But I would equate that actually to like a slate stone. Yes. Okay, that All too. Right.
0: So I don't wow, that's actually a great question. I would be I don't know. I personally would be surprised if they aged this in
1: stainless steel. But actually, did you but, taste it yet? A tiny bit. Oh, okay. But stainless steel like just to be clear doesn't mm-hmm. impart on the mm-hmm. wine. It's usually a neutral vessel, but I'm, I'm just not getting any oak.
0: Well, and it retains but, a lot of the fruit, right? Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I think we see a lot of stainless steel in white wines. So that you but can yeah, retain the But yeah, I
1: guess fruit. slate's a good way to put it.
0: It's a little lighter than I would have expected.
1: Am I off? It's, it's, no, I don't think you are. Um, but I kind of feel like that happens a lot with Syrah. So I feel like Syrah can be deceiving, though, in terms of the heaviness yeah, like sometimes I think it looks and acts like a heavy wine, but I feel like when you drink it, you're like, "Oh, actually, it's not as deep as I thought." You're not as deep as I, don't I thought know, you are. But you're not as deep. You're it's, so it's, superficial. It's like it's not to me. It's not like a cab or a zin even. Well, I always feel like there's a little bit of a light, a really? lighter feel, mouth feel. I just I think I feel like most
0: most Syrahs that I have I think tend to be a little weightier and actually although this is a dark color it's it's actually you can still see through it I'm looking I can Mm -hmm. see I poured us some good pours I think and I can see my computer like keyboard through the glass so it's not as inky as like single varietal Syrah presents itself And that's, I think that's also something super important for us to keep in mind. This is only 50%
1: Syrah. So. And, well, and you've got 18% Mavad, which can also be a little bit on the lighter side. Yeah. So this is, um, this is a, it's good. It's pretty
0: good. Yeah. It's a 14.1% ABV, which I think is pretty good for all of these grapes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They tend to be a little higher on the alcohol side. Um. This bottle costs like thirty bucks, so it's not going to break the bank. Washington, I think, generally has pretty decent quality and pretty decent cost versus quality. Uh, right. I think they do a pretty good job
1: up there. And this is—I don't recall if I mentioned—but Columbia Valley. Yeah, and I—I I mean, I don't think we've had a Washington wine in quite some time. But Washington typically is makes really good Syrah. Uh huh. I would say this is a good price point.
0: I'm just pondering the wine. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> I'd say no between 25 price. and 30 is a good price point for this wine. I don't think I'd pay more. Mm-mm. But um it's definitely like more elevated than like a $15 bottle. Oh, I'd- for sure. Yeah, for sure. So Owen oh, Rowe. Yeah, he's listed by Karen McNeil as one of the best producers of Washington Cab Merlot and Syrah, so that's pretty impressive.
0: I and I I don't think I'd ever
1: heard of Owen Rowe before. The name is very familiar. Like I feel like yes, but I not any anything that like I can recall something specific. Okay, but I mean Karen McNeil, obviously she has. I hold her in high opinion and. We, so. in
0: fact, we've we've quoted her many, many times on this podcast. We will continue to do so today and in the future, I'm sure. So Owen Rowe basically makes wines from Oregon grapes and Washington Yakima Valley grapes. What's interesting, I did mention this is Columbia Valley. They used to produce Columbia Valley, but they aren't producing. In fact, Sinister Hand is no longer a Columbia Valley wine. Hmm. So to me, that says oh, well, they just decided to use different vineyards um, and, you know, kind of narrow that. Because the other thing is Columbia Valley is a huge span of land in Washington. It's the largest AVA in Washington state. Right. And within it, there are other smaller AVA's such as Yakima Valley. And so perhaps they just want to be more specific and finite about the grapes so that there's more typicity, I guess, in what they produce they are currently working with 12 vineyards across uh, the Yakima and Willamette Valley areas. And it says, this is David, the winemaker, he co-founded it in 1999. He said that he believes only by observing nature that we can harvest fruit at its delicate peak of aromatic development while maintaining balanced pH and high acidity. So they really try to limit major intervention uh, they use minimal handling and traditional techniques. To me, this seems to be more along the lines of like old
1: world. Right. Um, it, it's got liking. old world feelings when you drink it.
0: I think so. the, definitely the smell of like the herbs and like a yeah. little bit
1: of like the forest.
0: You get more of those tertiary land, earthy characters on the nose. Taste wise, I, I get a hint of my weird pondering face before I was, I think I get a hint of pepper but I actually think it's like green pepper which is weird to me because normally you expect that that with cap from right and you would get like black pepper and smoke on Syrah but again it's a blend so I need to keep that in mind can I tell you a funny story about the name of this wine absolutely okay guys settle down for a minute so (laughs) it's called sinister hand and this is the story behind it predating the 11th century, the families that became modern day I'm I, this is like almost verbatim from what is okay. on their website. So do not slap us with a lawsuit. The families that became modern day O'Neills and O'Reillys or the founders lineage presumably David O'Reilly were feuding over the land that became their ancestral home. To settle the dispute, a competition was organized and several rowing teams agreed that the first to touch the land after rowing across the lake would become ruler of the land. And this is Lake Otter. Alof Otter. I don't know how to speak Irish. Okay. I don't know how to speak Irish.
1: Oh my <laughs> God, that's hilarious. I don't Pretend know how to speak Irish. I <laughs> okay. Fair,
0: okay. fair. It's spelled Lof Otter. Okay. It's- Butchering it beyond words can say, I think. Okay, O'Neill's boat was falling behind. So a member of the crew grabbed his own sword, so they're rowing with swords, mind you, cut off his hand and threw it ashore and touched first, winning the title to rule the land. But apparently the island fortress on this land can still be visited on Lough Otter. (laughs) Okay. Okay. In (laughs) County. I am so confused. Not not the winemakers family didn't win. Is this other family that
1: won? Is so this is the winemaker's family is is one of them. One of is them. Is what I'm guessing. Okay. I'm like, who are these people? And what does it have to do with Owen Roe? I'm assuming because it says present day O'Neill's and O'Reilly's, which
0: there are a million, right? Right. But David O'Reilly being the winemaker, okay.
1: I assume oh, that okay. this is based yes. on one of his that lineage or family yeah, stories. Totally. But
0: it doesn't say that, so I'm like totally interpreting things. Anyway, so that's Sinister Hand. So the picture of it is basically a glove, an um, armor glove cut off at the wrist this and sense. dripping blood. So it does tie
1: into this story very well. <laughs> I mean, it's okay, if you're, no offense to Owen Rowe, and no. So where does that name come from then? Because it's not the wine No, You know, maker. I don't know. I didn't I'm sorry. I failed to look that up. I was looking up the yeah, no, wine stuff. I'm just trying to think. That's a great question. If I am going to make my own label or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, but do you remember David Swift? I'm sorry. Orin Swift?
0: Orin Swift. Yeah. Dave Finney. So Orin Swift is his mom's maiden name. and yeah. middle And a middle name. Somebody's mm-hmm. middle name. So, maybe that's Ala Owen Rowe. I don't I don't know. Hmm. People get creative. Maybe it's children's <laughs> names. Great question, though. It should be on their website, and I I, well, mean, also, I didn't look very hard for it. But so.
1: what I'm trying to say is like, if I'm thinking of a name of a wine and a label, like this is very creative. Don't get me wrong. And there is like a root to it, right? Yeah. But damn, that's reaching a little bit. Like, (laughs) is this your family in the 11th century or did you just like find a story with the same last name and then you're like, oh yeah, let's call it Sinister Hand based on, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This is, I'm,
0: now I'm like even more intrigued. I feel like we must know. Well, Okay, this wine is obviously making my face blow up. You can see this, right? I'm just not, I'm not just imagining. You are
1: a tad red, yes. It's it's pretty intense. Okay. But you know we have something for that. More wine? Well, that. (laughs) Our little spoon, remember? Oh, that ship has sailed for me That ship has sailed,
0: yeah. Ooh, we do need to do a podcast where, with those conversations questions oh, you know they true. don't include the conversation questions any longer in the oh, pure wand packaging hmm. all right do you want to share a little bit about Syrah it's been a while like you said it's been a hot it minute it has
1: been a while so Syrah is indigenous to France typically you find it in the Rhone Valley um in northern Rhone it's the single varietal like you always hear Hermitage, Cote Rotie. Mm-hmm. those are those very famous very expensive wines yep that is Syrah in the southern Rhone, Rhone, not Rome, in the southern Rhone Valley in France, it is part of the blends that are made there, like chateauneuf du Pop. so Which GSM's, is your so the S is Syrah, yes, Chateauneuf is one of my faves. Um, C-D-P. Yep. Yep. And uh, so it's it's definitely it's definitely part of that. But you find it in California as well. Washington makes a lot of single varietal syrahs. Australia, Australia. Willamette Valley has a few syrahs. I know they're known for Pinot, but you'll find a few good syrahs. Interestingly enough, and we've talked about this before, Shiraz and Syrah are the same grape. <laughs> it's just that Shiraz is from Australia, and usually is. A higher alcohol wine, I feel, and a, I feel like Shiraz. The way they make it is a little bit of a heavier. Pour. They have
0: like more. The last few times I've had Shiraz from Australia, it is super boozy, like you yeah, said, super but boozy. it is also like bruised cooked fruit, which is not. You guys know I like to. I like like mercurial wine. Like I like it to feel cool and like velvety and whatever in my mouth. I'll throw out a number of random adjectives, but I love, I love Syrah from Washington. I love Syrah from Northern Cali. I think that, oh, I think that they're fantastic. Syrah is one of my favorite grapes, but man, I have been hard pressed to find a Shiraz a Shiraz that I really like just because the flavor profile is so drastically different.
1: It is. And it's like, it's like a punch in the face. Yeah. I do do have one that
0: I bought from a wine tasting that, I don't know if you went to it with me, but um, it was one of those like stand up and drink and pours. I I will have to open it and see how it fared because it obviously made some impression on me back then, but I just don't recall what's going on.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, you can also find it in other areas, um, South Africa, Argentina. Mm Mm-hmm. It's known for its dark inky color. It's known for peppery flavors, yeah. leathery flavors, dark, a lot of dark fruits, um, and again, it's it's blended. It's in a lot of blends, but I do enjoy a single varietal Syrah. I I really do.
0: Oh yeah, and the other thing is that I mean Syrah is can be and definitely often is a 100% varietal wine but it is not uncommon for it to be blended with a small small percentage of viognier i think in france
1: it's typical in the Rome, it's like 5% usually f- yeah
0: and i can't remember if it's maxed at 10% or if there are certain appellations that require only up to 5% but even just like a 1 to 2% it just adds this extra backbone in this, it, it, the flavors in Viognier can really bring out Syrah. So it's like my sister was just telling me she added a bunch of salts to some recipe to bring out, I don't know if it was a chocolate or the pumpkin, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but I was like, oh, I mean, I don't really think about cooking in that manner. I don't, I'm not very good at it, right. but um, it, it might seem counterintuitive in some regards to have these combinations, but the end result is what, we're, what the winemaker is looking for. We do have to quote Karen McNeil. I said we weren't going to leave her alone this episode. I love this quote. This is in the New Wine Bible, the third edition. Very exciting. It is is super exciting. She listed Syrah as one of the top 25 grapes to know. But specifically about Syrah, she says, it always reminds her of the kind of guy who wears cowboy boots with a tuxedo. Now, she doesn't expand upon that necessarily. There is, like, a later statement that says, you know, it's very masculine. It's very, you know. Poof. Yeah. Like, yeah, Like, I don't want to say in your face, but it's just, it's prominent. Like, right. it's there. Right? I think Syrah generally is, that's what it
1: does. That's what it's, it's there for. It's It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, maybe we should get into our topic and yeah. then come back to this wine after it's, like, unsettling. I'm, I I kind of went through that a little fast (laughs) (laughs) that's okay you're allowed to do that it's just been so long Jamie I mean like we haven't recorded in a while I know we've put some episodes out but
0: life has made us taper a little bit but that doesn't mean that we still don't want to do it and that we aren't having fun oh and by the way
1: that doesn't mean that we still don't drink together
0: oh yeah that's true too (laughs) we just have other distractions that keep us from recording yeah um okay where do you want to start with this topic First, let's preface by saying we could go so many routes with this. Right. As we discovered and like research and stuff, there are so many tangents that we could go off of and we're trying very hard to not be tangents, tangential today.
1: We'll do our best. Just today. Um, Just today. That's all we'll promise. But where do you want to start? I recently had to order a new car. Yeah. And it was brought to my attention that there are several electric car options these days. So, I did a little digging, mm-hmm. and I ultimately decided against it. I just don't think it's but why? ready for prime time. But why? Time. Everybody's pushing them. Why, why, why? And there's tax credits and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> um, sorry, can, I was going to use another word. You um, can say it. <laughs> so, so here's adults. the thing. A. No. No. <laughs> I just like what? after a while I was just like I'm not driving an electric car because
0: I do not. Do want you, when to be- you say electric, you mean like full on, like plug in the wall. Full electric. on,
1: not a hybrid. Full on, plug in the wall electric car. Okay. Okay. A, you need to like get a plug installed in your house. You need to have adequate garage space to be able to drive your car in and plug your Should car I in. Should I
0: broach that topic
1: with you about we do not have that. adequate garage space? We barely yes. have a garage; it's more like an attached shed. Okay, <laughs> so um, it serves its purpose well. Yes. So there's that. All right. Then you have to think. Okay, we and I'm again. We're trying not to get on tangents, but I'm just telling you. Reminder. Go for it, my do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. We are worried about cost of gas. Right. Oh, you mean like collectively the, as a as a. In- that's why Life. a lot of people get electric cars. Mm-hmm, Part mm-hmm. of it is the cost of gas. The which cost has risen tremendously mm-hmm. in the past year or so. Yeah. And continues to Do you remember what, be when unstable. it was like a dollar
0: something? Yeah. When we were in like high school training? We sound
1: like we're like ninety. When I in my day. <laughs> Back it in my was day. Five cents I a gallon. I walked five miles in yeah. the snow. Right, exactly. That's how we are right now. Like, but literally, I think when I started driving, it was like a dollar a gallon. But here's the thing: Have you noticed your electric bill lately? Yeah, it's high. I don't know about you, but like mine is high, and my electric, my electricity use has not gone up. Correct. So, meaning I'm in the same boat. About how the cost of electricity is unstable. So, like my thing was like, so I'm gonna charge this car but i don't to save money but i don't really know if i'm saving money and i don't really know if i because we are not i don't think we have the infrastructure in this country yet to handle all the electric vehicles it's not like a gas station like not every gas station has a charging station and oh you my God, could be do you driving know what I found? what's that
0: what if see i'm gonna i just found a loophole i think what if instead of charging it at your house, you went and charged it in a parking garage somewhere? That Who somebody has time for that. No, I know. But like, let's say you go and work remotely from someplace around there while it's charging. I'm not suggesting that that's a great loophole because there's not but enough don't for pay everybody. Do you charge
1: in some places? Do you pay? I think you might have to in some places. Oh, do
0: you know, I because I don't have one, I never yeah. like thought about it. I just always assumed that it was like a, a special... A benefit of you driving an electric vehicle and going to parking in a parking garage, like you can charge for free. Yeah, but have but you, you ever driven
1: past those? There's like three spaces.
0: Well, that's the thing is, like, there aren't certainly aren't enough if everyone is expected exactly. to adopt. Exactly, like, like
1: that's the thing. It's like yeah. we don't have the infrastructure. You guys, like, everyone's pushing it and tax breaks and all yeah. that, but like, where's the infrastructure? Like, also, if you are so, if, if you were and to 10 get, of my, if me and ten of my friends get electric cars. We don't have space enough, right. for all of these places. If you were to go electric, would they cover the cost of installing? Oh, you mean my company? Yes. Yeah, this is a yes. I do get a company car. Um, yes, they would. But, but still, would they cover? You know how they cover like cell phone.
0: Some companies cover cell phone costs or whatever. Would they cover your electricity costs to
1: charge your car? I don't know. That's okay. a very good question. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that far. Mm-hmm. I made the decision. Important questions then. to mm-hmm. ask people. Mm-hmm. But um, but it
0: sounds like you had your mind made up well before any additional conversation with work.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean like, how am I going to drive a certain amount of mileage and feel confident enough that I'm going to get to where I need to go if I need to stop somewhere? Yeah. I mean I don't know about you, but. I don't know if you've ever been on a road trip and you are nervous that you might not get to the next gas station. Yeah. Because that's happened to me where you're driving and driving and driving and you're like, oh my God, there is, it's been miles and I haven't hit a gas station yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's when everyone drives a gas car. Yeah. How is that going to be like with electric? So anyways, yeah. I just don't think as a country we're ready. So that's one part.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then there's the green... Yes, that's I, another,
0: it's just, I think, a very big argument people try to make.
1: Right. Okay. <laughs> so here's what I think about that. And this <laughs> is my very basic knowledge. So please, listeners, feel free to reach out and call me out. No problem. I'm not talking about this from any place of expertise. However, these batteries go out faster than an engine. Mm-hmm. So, once, because I've been, I was reading about this and listening to It depends to this. on the, the size of the car, too. Yeah. Okay. To dispose of these batteries is not good for the environment, from my understanding. hmm It can actually be pretty detrimental to There's, the like, toxic metals and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So... Technically, you can recycle some of these batteries, and you can use like the nickel, the cobalt, the copper, the lithium, all those components. Not Um, you personally, but... Right, exactly. However, when lithium batteries get recycled, they actually can let out toxic fumes, which can be problems for the environment and our health. Yeah. So that's why, like, have you noticed if you get an Amazon package and it's like you ordered a kid's toy or whatever, and there's, like, there's, like, stickers all over it, like a lithium battery, and you're like, I'm oh, sorry, uh. is this thing going to explode? Like, mm-hmm. why are we so worried? Yeah. You know, they they can be toxic. So I don't know if we're ready for that. Like, we're going to And then if you dump them, if you dump them, if you don't recycle which them... Which is, like, what's going to happen more. Which is like if they end up in a landfill, then there's a lot of environmental issues that mm-hmm. can come with that. I mean, huge ones. So, I think, like we're trying to be green, but how does that? How does it work? Because the other thing is, is like you're you're replacing it much quicker than an engine. Mm-hmm. So to me, like I just don't understand that. And again, this is my very basic understanding of it. I don't really know. I'm sure someone can tell me what the the nitty gritty is, but yeah,
0: yeah, but I all, but the other thing is that if I'm not mistaken, in order to mine the stuff, they need to build these batteries for the electric vehicles. There's a shit ton of emissions that get put out into as pollution. Mm-hmm. And I was, I read some article again, pretty briefly, but I read some article that was saying we, I don't think that we manufacture them here in in the U.S. But where they are manufactured, for example, in China, uh, this one article mentioned that there's a ton of emissions that are produced mm-hmm. as they try to excavate and mine the the substance that they need to build these these batteries. And there are ways that they could reduce those emissions, but that would require overhauling their in, their entire infrastructure and system and process to match one that apparently has been a Oh, maybe we do generate some here in the U.S., but I'm sure they're cheaper in China. Because isn't that what China does? They just produce everything cheaper so yep. that we they undercut us and undersell us, yep. undercut us, our pricing. And anyway, to me, electric cars, and maybe this is just my ignorance, but it just seems like there are so many opportunities to produce extra emissions for this stuff than what we already do in
1: regular car manufacturing and life cycle. Can I add one more thing before we get into the sinister, potentially, side (laughs) of this? Yeah. That we got the idea for Mm -hmm. this wine. It's not just the disposal. It's the creation, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what we were just talking about. It's bookended. However... It's the start and finish of a battery. Right. So, to that point, I was just reading this article, and again... I'm not going to say that I'm an expert on this, so please no one, you know, take this like to the grave here.
0: You know what though, Sarah, what we are trying to highlight is what we as consumers are don't able to know find, and right? Able to
1: find and maybe... So you what... don't have to be an expert. We need yeah.
0: to, we need to like put out there like what is available and why people are fucking confused or why we should be questioning things.
1: Yes. So only like, and this was from a year or two ago. And at that time, only about 1% of the total vehicles out there were electric. Okay. So if we wanted to scale how much mining for raw materials Mm. would involve in replacing the world's gasoline and diesel cars with electric vehicles, you can take the example of just the United Kingdom. And this is some professor of technology at the University of Cambridge, Michael Kelly, basically looked at this. Instead of if they replaced all the vehicles in the UK with electric vehicles, mm-hmm. um, assuming they use the most resource frugal batteries, okay, they would need about just this is just the UK, they would need about twice the annual global production of cobalt, three quarters of the world's production of lithium, nearly the entire entire world's production of neodymium, and more than half the world's production of copper in 2018. And I that's mean, just that's the just UK. the UK. Yes. And if we wanted the whole world to be on electric vehicles, <clears throat> then that would go far beyond our entire reserves. So like... Easily. If the UK alone would eat up like yeah. half or two-thirds of...
0: Wow. Wow. I mean, I think I think that that speaks volumes too, because it's like yes, there's all these great things to do. like in the short term. It's like yes, yeah. buy electric, do all this stuff, blah, blah blah blah. It's so great, it's so great. But like, there are downstream impacts, mm-hmm. and before jumping, like making the leap, it it is beneficial for everybody to do research and understand what is the long term effect. If you're buying an electric car because you think it's green. And do you believe that that is an amazing thing for the environment? Consider some of the facts that we
1: just. Well, laid I just out feel too. like I feel like it's um, oh a wolf in sheep's clothing in a way. Like you just don't know. We don't know enough, and we aren't capable. And there's this agenda where it's being pushed, mm-hmm. and you're like, is it really a good thing? Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: so that's one side. So that's one side, but that's not the super sinister.
1: Well, and this is all, like, kind of conspiracy-ish, but very much something to consider. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it.
0: Okay. So, certainly there is a... We will get on safe or unsafe self-driving cars, but let's let's just talk about... Let's talk about being linked up. Mm -hmm. Um, Being connected. Your car is connected. Yep. Okay. So uh, this is the idea that, and not idea, real, real in-practice thing, um, that cars can be um, remotely accessed, right?
1: I can Uh, start my car from my cell phone.
0: I can too. I can do the same thing. Yep. I, I did it this morning because it was fucking cold out. So, yes, there is that. Right? I could also, and so when we can start our car, we can stop our car. I can lock my car, I can unlock my car. I can do Uh all of these things, Mm -hmm. right? Well, you can locate your car. You can locate your car, it's true. So, late last year, so about a year ago, right? In California, there was a police chase. This is just probably just one of numerous examples. There was a police chase. This guy was suspected of murdering somebody earlier in the morning. Or killing somebody. Homicide is not murder. Homicide is killing. I don't know what the difference is legally. Whatever. Regardless.
1: That's another podcast. That's another podcast.
0: So this guy was suspected of homicide went on the run in his vehicle. The police were chasing him for six hours. Which is a long fucking
1: time. It is a long time. I don't
0: even remember what uh, O.J. Simpson's chase was, but I don't think it was that long. At any rate... Speaking of, how did he have enough gas? Uh, maybe he had a full tank. We're he all supposed have, to have
1: a full. He tank. must have had a full tank. <laughs> Wait, it's it electric. Hours. He has to like recharge. <laughs> Wait,
0: that's insane. Okay, regardless. <laughs> six hours in a. He was in a truck too, so. Okay. okay. Whatever. So anyway, um, the cops are chasing him, chasing him. Realize the dude has OnStar in his truck. Okay. They call up. Cops call up OnStar. They're like, hey, can you turn this car off? He's wanted for killing somebody. Mm -hmm. OnStar says, yep. OnStar shuts down the vehicle. The guy, not being able to go anywhere else, jumps out of the car because the police basically have him cordoned or off or whatever. Starts shooting at the police. The police start shooting back at him. They kill the guy. I guess he he was suspected. OnStar's a hero.
1: Are they? I don't know. I'm just. I'm just. But this
0: is the question. Mm-hmm. In this scenario, somebody theoretically, or potentially, allegedly, somebody allegedly killed. I mean, he probably did. If he was running, like I. That. I'm with you there. Right. If you are running, you likely Mm -hmm. are running from something although that has to be a terrifying thing anyway i don't know if he had other things and other warrants or like whatever stuff and like you're just afraid from that perspective whatever because if you didn't kill somebody then you wouldn't fucking know and you wouldn't want to be pulled over by the cops anyway so in this particular scenario the guy potentially killed somebody would we want this to be used in that instance assuming he did who knows why he killed this person who knows if he would kill again like sure we would want him caught like i get that right there's like this
1: he's also shooting at police yeah
0: he's also shooting at police and and hit a police officer but thankfully it was a vest or whatever so it could potentially be a good thing a good thing i'm gonna we'll put a massive asterisk on that but anyway but thinking outside of the context of the specific situation, Sarah, you and I just said, we can do things on our phone for our car. What is to prevent the police or anybody else, politicians, anything, from requesting a vehicle be disabled and
1: or from hackers getting involved? Right? Right. And so, like, I think this goes more into the self-driving than the electric part because, like, true, any car, like our cars, do that, and they're not electric, right? So, yeah, yeah, you know, I think that's that's a bigger question in terms of like, you know, as we kind of get into like, well, self-driving cars and this and that, like, how much control is you do you want, or should we maintain? Right. Because ultimately, everything can get hacked or controlled by someone else. Because someone yeah. else is controlling it. Whereas if you go and have, like my two thousand one Honda Accord, oh yeah, Mm-hmm. Power, roll up windows, like oh, okay. key I and had lock power windows. Oh, I okay, had power all right, windows. all right. Okay, okay.
0: Nice. <laughs> the the house. My household did not have power windows I had power on the Accord.
1: Windows. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I did, I did, I did. I sold the cigarette lighter and the whole, mm-hmm, the whole mm-hmm. thing. Still had my CD player, but I oh, mean... tape deck, though. Um, That's the question. No tape deck <laughs> in the 2001. No tape deck. <laughs> oh, God. Um, um, well, yeah, but but so that car
0: would not be able to be hacked from that perspective. Right. Right? Consider how often you get an alert that, oh, this password was was leaked or there was whatever. It, there was this data leak, blah, 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 blah. Well guess what? That shit's happening to your your vehicle's data that is being collected by whatever car company you own or whatever software company is used. I don't even know who
1: gets the data. Well, like literally people can know where you are at any time well, because that, they can locate your car. Yes.
0: So they can know if you're home, mm-hmm. if you're not home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And they can then like go to your house and burglar you, right? Rob you burglar you. Burglar you. I mean, so consider for a moment. Okay, this is one instance where media picked it up. Sure, it se- maybe it seems like an okay. Well, officer probably
1: had to cooperate with the police
0: too. But Why? Isn't this similar to? Um, oh my god! What the hell I was mean, it? It's probably isn't it like order. an Amazon?
1: Oh, Alexa! It was Alexa. Yes, yes, but I think that's. I think they had to also cooperate. But then
0: what is the line that's drawn for what is police cooperation if they suspect somebody of something? I mean, like, that's a very, it's a very gray line.
1: Yeah, but I think if someone's running from the police for murder. No, I,
0: listen, I totally hear you on that. It's like if they're running, there's obviously something that's And it's going murder.
1: On. It's not like they s- stole a pack of gum.
0: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> very true. They did not steal a pack of gum. They did not steal a pack of gum. So there's there's that and it's like you just have to wonder like who are the hackers? Are they just st- silly teenagers who like are just really good at technology and I don't know are just fucking with the system cuz they can and don't really want to
1: get like gain anything from yeah. it? maybe is it something more sinister? I don't know whether or not it's something more sinister. I think here's the, here's the overall question. Yeah. Can it be? And the answer is yes. So like even Can it be if it's sinister, not now. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't think it is, you know, ultimately. Yet. Yeah. Ultimately, I think it's a, all a good thing and has made all our lives super convenient. Like I started my car from my phone today. You it's know. The same.
0: Okay, so actually, Sarah, we had a podcast a while ago about the convenience of things. Yes, Mm-hmm. and like social media, and like, uh-huh. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is this like a problem with our society? We just want
1: convenience without thinking about long-term impacts. I don't think that's changing. <sighs> it's very sad. I don't think that's changing. So, I think the question is: is how far do you push it? Yeah. And I think, yes, it is super convenient to start my car from my phone, especially because my garage is the size of a shed and all that. However, can it be sinister? And the answer is it can be. Of course it can.
0: So what can be done to make it not?
1: Well, when I say it can be sinister, and I'm not even talking, like, it can, things can be hacked, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, people get hacked all the time. Mm-hmm. Your credit card gets hacked. I just had that happen. That happens all the time, right? It's happened to me uh, more than I can count, okay? Your computer gets hacked. Your phone gets hacked. Mm -hmm. Like, that happens. It happens to a lot of people, right? Okay, who's to say your car can't get hacked?
0: It just doesn't happen
1: frequently. Or they don't report it. It sure can because it's an electronic. It's based on... Wi-Fi and electronics and people can do that. And not just in this country, but elsewhere. Elsewhere, right? Like, have you thought about that? Like, if they wanted to... You don't even have to go to war with bombs anymore. No. I mean, you could go to war with technology. And this 100%. is a whole nother conversation. Sarah, I am with you on this. Yeah, yes. you could go to war with technology like... I think China there is already a war with technology because we're like defeating ourselves. Yeah, that's true. But I'm saying, Via like, technology. China or whomever, Russia or whatever superpower could decide oh, we will just like disable everyone's vehicles. Yep. There could be
0: a blackout. A brownout, a blackout. There could be something else happening where everything that's electric goes offline. We're all stuck that wherever we to me. are. Yeah. So that's the thing, though, is, like, if you are stuck, Mm -hmm. like, let's say you're in the middle of fucking nowhere or you're somewhere where somebody wants you to be because you're a target because they've hacked everything and they're following everything, they stop your vehicle and you're SOL. Mm
1: -hmm. You're in the
0: middle of what they want you to be in the middle of. Mm -hmm. And you have basically no way to defend yourself. It's very frightening to think about, like, all the downstream impacts for this for so many reasons. Maybe everyone needs a backup regular old car. Bring in the beaters, right? Bring them back. There's like landfills filled with them. Just like somebody bring them back to life a little bit. We have Adam's old, old, old Jeep. Oh, that's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. Nothing is made these days to last forever. Back in the day, things were made to last longer.
1: We know that to be very, very true, Mm -hmm. right? So, my fridge in my basement is still going strong, and that shit's probably from 1950. <laughs> like, whereas my brand new Samsung fridge is that it got fixed, like, five times in the past, like, three years, so. I was going to say, like, uh, as soon as you got it, yeah. basically.
0: Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. So, all right. Do you feel like we've covered that element? Of sinisterness? That
1: sinister element yeah, I mean, I, I do. I think there's a lot more. Oh, totally. It's the tip of the iceberg.
0: But I All think of this that's, is the
1: tip of the iceberg. I think that's basically the gist of it, right?
0: Yeah. Basically, we should question. It's, a, it's okay to question. It's important to question. We should be curious humans, right? We should be curious people. It benefits us intellectually. It benefits the world, I think, by us questioning and not being sheep. I've used that twice today. I, it's so appropriate though, so yeah. it's completely acceptable.
1: Mm-hmm. And hence, I, my decision. I was like, I'm just, I'm not doing the electric thing, mm-hmm. not today. So I will continue to guzzle gas, but you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I think that there's other ways that you can be environmentally sound and friendly. I'm not saying that it doesn't have an impact on the environment, but I think there's small things that we can do. I feel like right now this electric versus gas thing is out of our hands in the sense that like I don't think the electric vehicle is the answer to the problem. Mm -hmm. And so you can do other small things that can actually help. So there's my plug, guys. What about you? Do you feel like we've covered the sinisterness? From that perspective, yes. Yes,
0: yes. I think we're I think we're okay there. I think I got my questions and points across. I feel good about it. How do you I, feel about this wine? I want something deeper. Okay. I want something heavier. Okay. Maybe it's just because it's been a week, but I would like something heavier.
1: You want a little more pow.
0: I do want more power. I want more typical Syrah. I think the blend is great. I actually I think this is a very drinkable wine. I don't know if yeah. do you agree with me? Oh clearly I do. But, very drinkable wine, very approachable. It doesn't have, I think it's, I think it's a pretty well balanced, It, but it doesn't, to me, have any sort of like pizzazz that like sticks out as like, ooh, this is a super stellar wine or whatever. Right. Now, Owen Rowe makes a lot of single varietals, so maybe that's a better route for them. You know, just thinking about like Harry McNeil's placement of them in their list, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's a good wine. I think it's a decent wine. I wouldn't be opposed to buying it again, actually.
1: I wouldn't either. I think it's probably a crowd pleaser. I was just going to say that.
0: <laughs> on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Same phrase. It's done well. It is. You know, one of the things that Owen Rowe has on their website, they try to not handle things too much. Again, it's that old world concept and mentality about winemaking that you just let the grapes do what they do, Mm -hmm. right? The only, I guess, question, I think it'd be interesting to compare this 2019 with like the 2020 or later that is Yakima Valley to see if there's a difference in flavor. Right. But again, I kind of want something to stick out a little bit more, but it's very smooth.
1: Agreed. I think it's very smooth.
0: I also didn't know if we should have aerated it because it was syrup, but... I think it's okay. I thought about that, but it's 2019. It doesn't have a long finish yeah. either.
1: I think that's the other thing that is just like... It's lacking that pepperiness from Syrah that you want, I think. Yeah. I think that's probably because it's a blend.
0: Well, in Syrah, like, you know, it's like it's it covers your mouth. It coats yeah. your mouth, your teeth, your everything. Yeah. I don't feel like maybe this is doing it. I can't see it. It doesn't look like it on you. It doesn't look like okay. it. Okay. So I want the coating. <laughs> I want to let it linger. It's
1: a little more fleeting than you would expect. I yeah. do agree with that. Yeah, but um, but it's well, drinkable. I think
0: I think worth the twenty eight bucks for it being uh, Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington, I think overall has great value for the wines Agreed. that they that they produce. Um,
1: agree, agree.
0: I don't think I've ever really been disappointed with a Washington wine.
1: I, I can't recall anything specific, but yeah. yeah, I I think Washington wine is typically pretty good. Yeah. They've got some good whites too. That area is a great place to drink wine. I know you went. Yeah, Pacific Northwest, man.
0: I have not made it up to Washington for wine stuff, but it is just very interesting. And quickly a revisit about like Washington wine regions themselves. The Columbia Valley is located on the east side of the Cascade Mountains, and so although everybody assumes it's rainy Seattle, which there is a wine region around there, this is a very dry place. It's continental climate. It's very, very dry. It gets very, very cold in the winter. It gets pretty like decent weather in the in the uh, summer, high diurnal temperatures. And one of the unique things about Washington, oh my God, I can't believe we to- I totally forgot to say this. Did you know that pretty much all their vines are just on their regular rootstock? So Syrah is on like original Syrah, right? Like French Syrah. They aren't, yeah, they they aren't grafted onto North American rootstock, which is because Phylloxera has not historically been there. But two years ago, they actually found Phylloxera in. Washington on a couple sites so I don't know if that means that they are doing more preventative measures to get rid of phylloxera so that it doesn't eradicate its entire vineyards but basically Washington is one of the unique places there's only a handful I think I want to say Chile and Argentina are also places that have their own rootstock but super super interesting and folks there in Washington and these other regions without grafted vines they believe that this is a truer expression of the grape themselves, which is, I think, super cool.
1: That's really cool. Um, you don't find that a lot. You don't. So. You
0: don't. So yeah. I I remember hearing that before, but I was rereading that and I thought, I was like, man, that is so unique about Washington. And this in particular because it is so dry and the specific soil type that's there. So hmm. anyway, I thought I would share.
1: So, so I'm on their website, actually. Oh, yeah. And you can text them for questions.
0: Oh my God, what was our question? Why is it called Owen Rowe?
1: Oh, yeah. Should I put that in there? Maybe, yeah. All right, guys, we're going to test this out. <laughs> Wait, is it real time texting? I don't know. We'll see. I mean,
0: I feel like this is our interview with Chip Force. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> Let's just give Where? a call to the number on the cork. Where does the name Owen Rowe come from? All right. Done, guys. They're going to text text me shortly. Was that what it says? Yeah. Okay. From a 509 number. Oh, look. I got the text. You did? Oh, it just confirmed that They're it went through? i are open daily 11 to
0: 5. Oh, shit. All right. We're like two hours yeah. late. We'll hear about it tomorrow. Yeah. We'll update you guys. Okay. So, uh, This was fun. I feel like we could go down a few more rabbit holes here. Absolutely. But it's probably time to wrap up our episode with you all tonight. All right, guys. Good night. Cheers. cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page.
1: We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dvpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers from the girls of DBP.